Hello and welcome to the UGA Sports Sunday Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined alongside, as always, co-host Jason Butt. And uh, we are without Ben Choppy Bachman tonight, but the show must go on. Uh, as you can see, I don't have glasses on. Got LASIK done, Jason, on Thursday. Uh, had anybody told me what LASIK was prior to it, and I looked up the videos, I probably wouldn't have done it, but we're here now. So uh, we, we feel good. And that's been consuming most of my weekend. Uh, Jason, before we get started, as always, what was the weekend like up there in Baltimore? You know, uh, very hot, just like it is in the southeast, uh, I would I would say. Is it? So, is um, it? Is it? Yeah. It, you know what? The, the, the summers uh, aren't that different, um, especially in July and August. It's really? Almost same temperature. It's very, very humid and muggy. Hmm. So I, uh, I, I did... <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I did go see T Pain last night. You went and believe saw it or not. That's, uh, that is, yeah, I, yeah. You throwback. Were to throw a uh, hundred bucks on everything I could have guessed. That wouldn't have been it. Yeah, no. So what uh, was what was the occasion to go see T Pain? I, guess, I don't know. T Pain is on tour, and why not? I guess. I yeah. Guess, right. Yeah. If you can, yeah. you can. Was it, fun? <laughs> was it a good show? Yeah, I mean, you know, he. Uh, he, he he pulled out all the hits. You know, he put out an album of covers recently. So um, oh. very very interesting stuff. Uh, and you bring up covers. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're gonna be talking about some covers. That's right. That's right. Yeah. A little Look double entendre. I know. Uh, before we get started, guys, you know the drill. If you're watching, make sure to let us know where you're watching us from. We always like to put that on the screen. And then if you guys have any questions, make sure to drop them into YouTube. We love answering those. I already see some folks already commenting here. Cole, how's it going? Greg Watts says, what's up, guys? Go dogs from Clayton, Georgia. And our man, Foster Moss. Evening dogs. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Big Foster? Uh, and then the dog father says, uh, no commits so far today. Blaine is fired. Yeah, we don't do too much recruiting on this show, uh, dog father, just because they have a show dedicated to it. We're more of like the sit back, relax, uh, drink your beverage of choice and, and hang out with us. Uh, those guys on Monday do a great job with the recruiting, but Jason, just from a, you've covered the team. Did you cover recruiting? I never covered recruiting, um, extensively. I would occasionally do a recruiting story, but never like, you know, never like the way Blaine and, and Ben and, and, and the team and Jed and all them do. The, just from an outsider's point of view, then, since you've never really covered it, have you ever, and the answer to this is no, seen 26 <laughs> commits, uh, in July with, Already yeah. a three thousand score rating on rivals, which is insane. Uh yeah, not to my recollection. Not not as with the talent. I I feel like I've seen. Oh man, was this was years ago? I feel like Texas A and M or USC. Yeah. Or, there was some team that had just an absurd number of commits, but they weren't. They weren't like this. It wasn't like top of the top at every position, like you're playing the NCAA video game, yeah. and. You know, you're in year six. You've won two national titles, just like <laughs> just like this team has. It's just rolling, and it's easy. Even on Heisman, you're getting right. every five star you want, and uh, your five stars are backed up by five stars. And uh, no, so I mean, yeah, to, to answer your question, it's no, just on numbers and talent level. I know uh, that everybody. Tim Trowell says, "Go dogs!" From Noonan, uh, we saw Jeremy and Travis say hello. Uh, appreciate you guys coming and joining us tonight. I know just from, you know, bird's eye view here, Jason, when you bring in an offensive line that averages six, seven, three thirty, 
Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're playing on NCAA right now. Like Kirby Smote, Kirby Smote, Kirby. Well, he wants to smoke with this with this wow. uh, team that he's bringing in. Kirby Smart uh, is just incredible. The team that he's brought in and will continue uh, to bring in. I got some word. George is looking at 32 commits. George is at 26 right now, I think. Yeah, 26. Looking at about 32, so there's six more guys. Uh, and I'm sure there will be some fluctuation within the class as well. When you have 26 guys already committed this early, you can't expect to keep all of them, and that's just the nature of recruiting. So I'm sure there will be other guys that come into uh, our radar later on. But moving forward, Jason, after this incredible, uh, I mean, just unbelievable recruiting weekend week, I don't I mean, hell, dude, since June, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten guys. And then yeah. they had a guy commit July 5th, July 6th, July 7th, and July 8th. I mean, it's yeah. it's unfair. It's unfair. And it's and it's planned, man. It's just keeping Georgia yeah. in the news cycle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Respect to the uh respect to the architect of that, none other than the head coach of the program to to make exactly. sure Georgia's in the news uh for, for um you know for for the, the recruiting wins that it's had. Foster says, come aboard KJ. KJ Bolden, uh, five-star from Buford, Georgia, looks to be the next guy to commit that has a set commit date. That'll be in August, I think, first week of August. Uh, you can probably correct me on that, Foster, if I'm wrong. But what we want to get to, guys, is can anybody actually stop Georgia in 2023? Legitimately, we've talked about it. We've joked about it, Jason. We've looked at their schedule. We haven't yeah. really found anybody that could stop them. I want to maybe do a deep dive into LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, and Michigan. Those are the only three teams or four teams that I think could give Georgia problems, but they aren't going to have to face any of those teams until at least the earliest, the SEC championship. And before we get going, let me invite our man Andy Stowe in. Andy, what's going on, man? Uh, Not much. How are you guys doing? Man, doing good, man. 26 total commits. You're a big recruiting guy. We just got off that topic, but uh, you've got to be loving that, huh? Yeah, so I was actually just looking at their um, current depth chart. Um, the projection you got um, Ernest Green, 6'4, Xavier Trust, 6'7, uh, Cedric Van Pran, 6'4, Cedric, uh, or Tate Bratlich, 6'6, six, six, and then Amaris Mim, 6'7. And they're going to be bigger than these guys. That's what's that's wild. Crazy. I mean, they're going to average bigger than that. I mean, that's crazy. I just, that's crazy. These guys are monsters. So I just, I don't know. It's I've never seen anything like this. It's, is this better? It's got to be like something in the steak, or the it's got to be something in the steak or the chicken or something like the hormones. Like every, these kids are just getting bigger. They're getting bigger, man. Like, I'm, could you? I mean, could, like ten I'm years ago, yeah. Ten years Go ago, ahead. were you recruiting a whole class of six, seven, three hundred thirty pound kids? <clears throat> no, these are like the anomalies. Now it's like everybody's got two or three of them. I'll say Ben Cleveland was like 6'6", I, mean, I, I think. Yeah, because like, I remember when we got him, because like I would see him like almost every day at the store. And that guy, I mean, is the biggest – like he was the biggest human being I'd ever seen in my life. And then now that they're all that size. Like they're like – they're just built out. I mean, they're, I mean, there's big as walls. They're huge. So I don't know, man. It's crazy how – like seeing it every day. You get like my friend that's a Florida fan. I send it to him every day, and he, he doesn't like my messages. He sends back, you know, like – I, don't know, I can't say what he says, but you know he hates it. He's he's dying right now because he's like he's like I don't know how Georgia is an NFL team in college. So. Well, Florida's got that kid uh, Nick Watson. Did you see him last year, Jason? 
Nick Watson. 420 pounds, defensive tackle. Excuse Have me? you seen his picture, though? Dude, he's a big guy. He is fat. Like, he's that guy, guy, he's going to have a heart attack. He is huge. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Google you know, him. Look I know. I'm picture. about to look him up. Yeah. Yeah, look him up. He's, he's, a, he's a big guy. But what I want to get to, guys, and I kind of talked about right before you got on, Andy, is uh, who can stop Georgia? We've looked into Georgia's schedule. We can't find anybody – I can't convince myself that anybody on Georgia's schedule can beat them. What I think can happen is there's four teams that can, but I think that might be still double-digit underdogs, and that is Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, and LSU. And I kind of want to run through all of those guys, uh, and we'll start with the one next door that everybody hates, and for good reason – Alabama, Nick Saban, and he's got. I'm looking at his depth chart. He's got some, he's got a lot of guys coming back. He's got Tresman Marshall slotted in as his starter at linebacker. Uh, that's a name that a lot of Georgia fans will know. They have potentially Caleb Downs, uh, five star from Mill Creek, freshman that Georgia was really heavy and wanted to get in on uh, last cycle as a true freshman starting. And the biggest thing for me, guys, is. Who's going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be Jalen Milrow? And if it is, he threw for 58% completions last year. He's he's a runner. He's, he put 265 yards on the ground. Passing, though, five touchdowns, three interceptions, 58% completion percentage. Does Alabama scare you? It's, it's Alabama. Until, until they start you know, having season after season – two losses and they're not that team that's competing to get into the playoffs year after year. They're going to continue to scare me. Um, I, I do agree with what you were alluding to uh, quarterback. I, I don't know if they have the guy this year. I mean, I feel like the last time I said that about Alabama, they, uh, I, it was with the Mac Jones year, I think. And, and yeah, he turned out to be pretty good. Um, so, I mean, Jalen Miller, I, I yeah, he, he's definitely a running quarterback needs to develop in the passing game, but um, you look at them, you, you look at the receivers they had last year, uh, they just were not the same kind of crew, and that hurt them in those close games that they lost. So uh, offensively, I think Alabama has to figure a way to to uh, establish the run again almost, kind of go a little old school. Defensively, man, I, I'm not trying to dog Tresman Marshall here, but there's a reason he transferred, and he's starting at Alabama? We serious? Yeah, I mean I- – Okay. Think about this three, four years ago. If we had a guy that wasn't playing, he's not transferring to Alabama. He's going, you know, maybe to a smaller school. Now they're taking guys that can't play at Georgia. I mean, that says something. I mean, that's that's massive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe we're bad. I mean, and I, apparently we've jumped the gun, guys. We, we have uh, Darren Franklin saying, don't sleep on Auburn. And then a good friend of the show, Jeremy Neighbors, who hops on a lot during the POS says, uh, I think the trip to the Plains could be a challenge. Granted, it's year one, but Freeze's offenses have given Kirby trouble before in the past. Only problem with that is the only teams, and I say only, right? I'm going to, somebody's going to say in the comments, teams that have a very good quarterback beat Kirby Smart. Does Auburn have a very good quarterback is the question. And so it could be Hugh Freeze. His offense is gimmicky and, and wanky and crazy. But you have to have like an elite level quarterback to beat Kirby, Kirby Smart. Joe Burrow, uh, 
I, I just Tua. blanked on. Yeah, Tua, Bryce Young. I mean, yeah. you have to have a guy there. I don't know if Auburn has that. That's that's why I didn't put Auburn in there. Yeah, he, and, 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 and you know, Chad Kelly, right? Go. What'd you say? Wasn't it Chad Kelly he beat Alabama with? Yeah. Yeah, he was a pretty good college quarterback. I mean, he was good, and he, he yeah. went to the pros. So that's the thing. He's, he's he's I think he's starting in Canada right now. You're oh, right. Chad I Kelly? think I saw the yeah. I think I saw a, a clip on uh, Sports Center uh, for whatever something for whatever reason. Uh, maybe or maybe it was just Twitter. I don't know. But yeah, he's I think he's in the CFL. Um, yeah, the thing with Auburn for me is uh, give Hugh Freeze a year, and I, I think Auburn's offense will be will be something to contend with. I, I don't see it year one. Uh, anytime you get a new coach. It has to reshape an entire culture from the ground up, and we're talking about a guy who isn't necessarily, uh, you know, coming with the greatest reputation of culture. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think I think there's a, he's a great football mind. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, the track record at Ole Miss speaks for itself, and then at Liberty too, for that matter, making Liberty into a competitor. The, the, the thing, the thing with Liberty, yeah. Jason, is, I will remember forever is him coaching from the hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only thing I will remember of him yeah. for the rest of his coaching career. This man coached from a hospital bed and called plays. And, yeah. I not mean, to cut it off, but. yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess good for him. Uh, but, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, uh, I, I think Auburn has a chance to, especially with, with the way Alabama looked last year. And then, if, and if Alabama can't get that offensive, uh, of you know, level of play that they're accustomed to, you know, with Bryce Young and Tua. Um, who knows? Maybe there's an opening for Auburn. Um, you know, not not this year though. I don't I don't think year one. Uh, there'll be there'll be much competition for the SEC. Bob, what's going on? Sorry, if they play Peyton Thorne, there's no way. Peyton Thorne was horrible at Michigan State. That guy's not good. I mean, there's no way. I can't see it. They, trying mean, to, they were trying to get the uh, wide receiver from Michigan State too, and they didn't land him. The Keon Coleman kid. Yeah, I don't know where he ended up. Uh, that was kind of the reason – one of the reasons that they wanted that quarterback was they wanted to get both of them. Keon Coleman, where did you go? Where did – Florida State. Oh, hmm. Florida State could be kind of a sleeper, guys, that we could talk about later. But I'm looking at Auburn right now. One, two, three, four, five. Seven guys on offense are predicted transfer starters. So yeah. – and then you have really? – you have five guys on the defensive side of the ball that our transfer is projected to start. That's tough, man. And you you kind of have to – I mean, Georgia fans don't have to because they hate Auburn with everything in their being. But if the shoe was on the other foot and Georgia didn't have the success with Kirby Smart and you had 12 new starters that you had no idea who they were really prior to, you know, spring ball, that's tough, man. Uh, that's, you know, you're finding guys to root for that you didn't know who – I mean, Peyton Thorne? Nobody thought in their wildest dreams he would be the Auburn starting quarterback uh, last year, you know. And now they're having to find themselves rooting for these guys. It's just it, it's a little awkward, I think. No, am I tripping or? Well, uh, you look at the the depth chart, and you mentioned all the the transfers they have, and they're all seniors or fifth year seniors too. Yeah. So it, it's hard to to mesh together, especially in football, the ultimate team sport, to put together a successful team uh with transfers it's it's um you everybody has to be on the same page you need to put in time year after year it's one reason why georgia's been so successful guys don't transfer out at the rate that you're seeing guys at other schools 
and uh, or at least it feels that way. And, you know, I, I shouldn't have said that because I actually don't have the data. So, but uh, but it, it doesn't have some guys to transfer out. He's but. yes, but it doesn't seem like it's at the rate that, that you see some of these other other teams experience. And uh, and but like it, those stories of guys sticking around, um, you know, uh, I, I think Amarius Mims comes to mind where he wanted yeah. to transfer, but he came back. Um, so that goes to show when you're in the same system for that long and you have continuity with your coaching staff, you typically are going to be able to develop a lot better. Um, Auburn here. I just don't know how in year one, it's just a lot of stop gaps, uh, guys who weren't cutting it at other schools, maybe not getting playing time and definitely not of the level of a Tresman Marshall that Al that's going to Alabama to start um, guys who uh, um, are, are going to be, are going there strictly uh, for playing time and, and a chance to, uh, maybe get more notice than they were at the previous stops. And maybe, you know, as an Auburn fan, maybe you look at it the other side, you think, hey, we were horrible last year. At least we got some new guys. Maybe they can give us some life, you know. So maybe that's the, you know, the balancing yeah. act, I guess. No, that, that, that is a good point. That is a good point, Andy, because they could be looking at it like it couldn't have gotten worse than last year. So oh, yeah. bring in yeah. these new guys and see what happens. Bob says, uh, I don't know how we got on, we got on top of Auburn because a couple people brought him up, but Bob says, has their fan base warmed up to him? There was a lot of pushback when Freeze was hired. From what I've seen, Bob, yeah. I mean, they're full glow uh, Hugh Freeze mode right now. They are they are backing him 100%. Now, if he doesn't win 10 games, you know, that, Auburn is a, a fickle group. They're, they're very loyal to their school, but they will throw yeah. you under the bus pretty quick. So. Well, and I think anything after Brian Harson, um, they'll, they'll they'll take. Boy, yeah, that was that was just that that was. It, it didn't make any. Match. It didn't make any match. sense. Didn't make any sense from day one. Terrible matches yeah. from the jump. Uh, but let's get back to Alabama, guys. We were talking about, you know, Jalen Milrow. Some people have said Ty Simpson could be their starter at quarterback. I feel like Milrow's the guy, but you know, Ty Simpson could be that guy. Uh, they had the transfer come in from uh, Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner. Yeah. And they have the new offensive coordinator this year as well. A lot of unknowns, especially like Jason said, the wide receiver position for Alabama just seemed to be, I mean, it's now Ohio State, but it was for a while Alabama had the guys at that wide receiver. I look at who they have now. Isaiah Bond's decent. He's a sophomore. Ja'Cory Brooks is decent. I like this Malik Benson kid that they had to transfer in, Juco kid. Uh, but, you know, th there just aren't any names on there that I'm going, man, that kid's fighting for the Bolitnikov. Like, normally they would. Uh, right. So offense, to me, just doesn't seem like it's there. And, and they're kind of in a show-me uh, position, much like Georgia with a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, and um... – <sighs> I think uh, I will say this again. I, I mentioned maybe they need to go with a more old school approach this year. Um, given that it doesn't seem like they have those guys at wide receiver, I love Jace McClellan's game at running back. I think he is. Yeah, he's good. Uh, I think he's fantastic, and uh, it, it's it's Auburn. I mean, I'm sorry, it's Alabama. It's Alabama. <laughs> Their offensive line, uh, offensive lines are always going to be good. So they're yeah. gonna have a great offensive line. I think uh, uh, Jace McClellan, uh, uh, Roy Dell Williams, too. Uh, I, I think you ride those guys uh, as you get Milrow uh, broken in. You kind of got to know what you have and and uh, go with go with what works for for your system. Uh, Bryce Young and Tua, those guys, they could do so much in the passing game with them. And then obviously you saw Bryce Young affected last year with the absence of those great receivers. Um, just, 
they need to maybe get back to basics if they want this offense to be to be successful. Um, they've they've gone uh, a ground and pound, open up the the passing game uh, through the run um, in in years past. You know, before uh, really the Mac Jones year comes to mind. Um, they've always had great running backs. I think going back and and maybe relying on that a little more than than usual might be what 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 Alabama has to do to uh, to ensure that uh, it, it's back in the uh, playoff picture. What do you think they'll start Jalen Milrow and run more of a, you know, yeah, I don't know, not option offense, but a spread type offense to let him run around because I mean, you know, their offensive line wasn't great last year, and and now without with wide receivers that aren't great, I, I, I just, I mean, they may do yeah. more of a running with quarterback type thing. Yeah, because Ty Simpson's pocket passer, right? Yeah, and uh, but. You need, you know, I, th- I think it's it, especially when you it, when you mentioned. I mean, I, I think Alabama's offensive line. No, they weren't as good as they have been last year, but I think they'll be fine this year. Um, but obviously, uh, to offset any of those issues, to get your receivers more time, if you have a mobile quarterback, that's that's kind of a, a game changer, an X factor. Uh, you yeah. saw even with Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, I, you know, he, he was he was very mobile. Doesn't still doesn't get enough credit. I feel like from a lot of maybe people outside uh, uh, who follow Georgia for his mobility. And um, that is such a game changer. Even if you're just slightly mobile, if you can to, to be able to extend plays and uh, buy your receivers more time. Uh, so, so I think, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't go with Miller at this point, unless, uh, you know, Simpson ends up turning heads in fall camp and, and has take, has taken a step to, to beat him out. But, you know, as of now, I would think Miller is the guy. I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball for Alabama before we get over to uh, we'll go We'll go Ohio State next, guys, so if you want to get your research ready. But I'm looking at their depth chart for defense. They do have some seniors. Uh, so they've got uh, one, two, three, four, about four seniors out there, five seniors if you count Tresman Marshall starting for them on the defensive side of the ball. They have Dallas Turner, who's a junior, who's very, very good at the uh, kind of outside linebacker yeah. position. Kool-Aid McKinstry is also a junior who he's going to be, you know, a big draft pick for them. Their defense – looks decent so oh, yeah. kind of piggyback off jason if they were to play georgia their defense looks good and then their offensive line they've got some guys up there they were young last year but they've got some guys jc latham tyler booker elijah pritchett uh seth mclaughlin it they've got guys there that i think can carry them it's just a matter of can milrow do it so as we move on to ohio state as it sits right now georgia alabama get on the field who's taking it home boys I like Georgia. Um, I like Georgia. Uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. They're <laughs> I, go figure. Georgia's somehow deeper. I never thought I would. That's crazy. See that day, crazy. Uh, you know, in thirty-seven years, almost thirty-eight, that uh, Georgia would be the deeper team at this point. Well, how good is Andy? Kyle McCord? I mean, we don't know that. I mean, he may I mean, he was a, was a five-star, right? But I mean, you know, who knows? He may not be that good. I mean, is he going to be, you know? First round NFL pick. Who knows? I mean, so you talking about you're you talking about Ohio State. I said I said Alabama. We're oh, finishing up Alabama. Can can oh, Georgia sorry. Alabama be said, on the field? I thought you said no. Ohio State. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. We ain't moved on yet. Almost. Uh, almost. You're 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 ahead of the game. Uh yeah. Georgia Alabama lineup tomorrow. Who you got? I got Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. The the next team, so I'm kind of going down, guys, just to give you an idea here off of the title odds, which is crazy right now. If you go look at it, Georgia in most places, and it's all kind of over the board, so don't hold me to this. Georgia plus 220 
to win the championship. That is a crazy low number. The next team is Alabama at plus 600, and then Ohio State is plus 700. So I'm just going down the list that way. And we look at Ohio State, and I look at their depth chart. I look at their wide receivers, their running backs. I mean, Georgia played them, you know, obviously uh, not too long ago. Wide receivers, running backs look amazing for Ohio State. Yeah. They are the real deal. I mean, I know people like to poke fun at Marvin Harrison for getting knocked out of that game, but that dude's a, that dude's a freak. He's probably a top five pick. And Julian Fleming's good. Uh, Emeka Egboka, I, I butchered his last name, but he's good too. And then Mayan Williams at running back, Travion Henderson at running back. The question – and Kate, oh, they have their tight end back, that Cade Stover kid. He was good. Uh, the question for Ohio State, much like Georgia, much like Alabama – New quarterback, guys. Yeah. Kyle McCord. I, I tried to find stats on this guy. I, he barely played. He had uh, he played in five games last year. He threw 25 uh, completions out of 38 attempts, two interceptions, two touchdowns. I mean, he, he didn't do much. Not to say that Carson Beck was able to do anything for Georgia either, but uh, just haven't seen a lot from this Kyle McCord kid. What's your take on Ohio State? Jason, we'll start with you. Man, you said it though. I mean, it's to me when it comes to every other position on the on their roster, they are are the the. I mean, depending on how you look at it, the best or the worst matchup for Georgia. I, I think yeah. that is this is the team you saw it in the Peach Bowl. Uh, Georgia. I mean, they came a, a field goal away from from uh, ending Georgia's season. Uh, Georgia had to have the furious comeback. Now, defensively. I think that's going to be Ryan Day's uh, in these big games. That's his kind of Achilles heel is uh, he hasn't been able to keep up, or, or I, sh I should say he's been able to keep up uh, occasionally. He hasn't been able to stop the better and the elite offenses uh, in the playoff. And so uh, whether it's been Clemson, uh, what, what, Alabama, did they, have they played Alabama in the playoff? Whatever. Right? Georgia now. Um, Regardless, uh, Ryan Day hasn't been able to do that. Um, you know, Urban Meyer only did it, I think, in what 2014, the first year when they when they kind of had this surprise run. Um, yeah, Kyle McCord. That's the that's the question everybody wants to know. Will he be able to do? Uh, will he be able to step in and, and replicate C.J. Stroud, uh, the number two draft pick in the NFL? So uh, it, it's hard for me to. Oh, man, it's it's hard for me to to really gauge whether Ohio State is a true threat because I mean if if this guy turns out not to be the real deal, um, you know Ohio State may may suffer a bit of a setback and open things up uh, for Michigan to win the Big Ten. I, but uh, but but that said, man, uh, it seems like Ohio State just plugs in quarterbacks and they're successful regardless. Um, but we, we don't know. We don't know if this kid is uh is is legit or not yet. So um, we'll we'll see. You know, in the first couple of games, uh know what this kid really has i'm guessing andy before you go i'm guessing they feel confident in him because they didn't go after a transfer quarterback there were some guys out right. there that i feel like probably could have helped them uh, and they they didn't do it so to me that that tells me that ryan day feels comfortable they did get a transfer i was, I was looking at their uh, roster here tristan gebbia but he barely played at uh, oregon state i don't know why he transferred uh, to ohio state but whatever uh and I was like, oh, they got a transfer. Let me yeah. see who this kid is, you know, but he's 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 not him. Well, so, also real quick, look at the uh, separation between, uh, you know, him and Devin Brown just in, in years. You got a three-year guy yeah. and a, a two-year guy with one that redshirted. 
So um, they, 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 it seems like they feel pretty good about him, but we'll see. We'll see, you know, uh, game speed's a lot different than, than practice. Andy, what's your take? Well, you look at their defense that was so bad or struggled, I guess, but like their defense is, is older. That's what I mean. Right now, they have at least, they've all been in the program at least three years. So I guess uh, they got one transfer cornerback, but like everyone else is redshirt, at least a redshirt sophomore or redshirt senior. So they have an experienced defense. So maybe, I mean, you know, like they were, that was kind of their bad thing last year. So maybe their defense will be better. But I think the biggest question for them is can they beat Michigan? I mean, like yeah. if, if they lose to Michigan again, like who knows what that'll do? I mean, and and Michigan. I mean, I know you kind of was kind of jumping, but is Michigan the best team in the Big Ten? I mean, because they have they have the starting quarterback coming back. They're the you know really the only team that's got their guy coming back with McCarthy. So, I mean, that's you know that's kind of where I look at them. Like, I mean, obviously Marvin Harrison, I think is the best player in, or the best wide receiver in football. But I don't know. It's gonna be. I mean, they got a lot of talent, but. Can they beat Michigan? Is it kind of getting some little weird thing now that they just can't get past Michigan? So that that'll be. I'm looking at their schedule. So Ohio State they open up guys with Notre Dame, uh, at at home. Wow, they open up with five games at home. They don't go. Gee, are you serious? They don't go on the road until the middle of October. Hmm. There's no way. Uh, I guess this is right. Then they play Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, and Rutgers at home. And then Ohio State heads to Michigan State. They have an open day. So they play one game, guys, away from their, their home Gosh. before the middle of October. Uh, and then they're home again, Jesus, against uh, uh, Iowa. Then they go to Penn State. They go to Northwestern. They're at home against Indiana. Then they go to Maryland. And then the game of the year uh, for you know that conference is uh, Big Ten Conference. Michigan comes to Ohio State. So it'll be in Ohio State. I don't know if that matters or not, uh, but that's the last game of their schedule. They don't leave. That's crazy. You uh, know, uh, I, I forget who it was. Maybe y'all were watching uh, ESPN recently. There was somebody, one of the the commentators post layoffs was saying uh, uh, that Ryan Day might be on the hot seat yeah. because of the Michigan, the Michigan thing. Really? Yeah, kind of like the way John Cooper in the 90s uh, and, and then, of course, uh, well, I guess Michigan. Then Michigan, Lloyd Carr, they let keep around when he started losing yeah. to Ohio State. But, uh, yeah, John Cooper was a great coach at Ohio State. Couldn't beat Michigan, so they fired him. And uh, it, it's, it's uh, apparently there's some rumblings. Like, you know, if Ryan Day doesn't beat Ohio State, you know, uh, he hasn't really delivered the way that uh, uh, in, the, in the post-Urban Meyer era. So, uh, I was looking to actually go great. to Indiana the first week of the year. They, they play at Indiana on September the 2nd. Is that um, September second? Is that is that a Thursday or Friday? Um, that's Saturday. It's a Saturday. It's, it is a Saturday. I'll try so to think. So the schedule just led me completely astray here. Uh, according to well, this uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, wow. uh, this they is had to go to Notre Dame on September twenty third. Yeah, this is a totally different schedule than what I was looking at. That's I at Michigan. Yeah, because it was it was <laughs> at Ohio State last year. Okay. Um, Oh, this is this is last year's schedule, guys. Okay, I was about been to say, I was like, <laughs> been sure I these games. I can tell you how they all end up. So. Um, <laughs> this has so so Ohio State has to go to Michigan next year. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. go to Michigan. Okay, because I was like, man, this is a heck of a schedule. They probably could go undefeated on this thing until they get to Michigan. And sure enough, I would have been right. You know, so <laughs> rewatch, right. bet on all of those games. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, I've got I'm it Michigan, right now, man. I know. Put I know. it in. 
put it in with the guy. Well, I was uh, gonna say, speaking of which, though, man, plus seven hundred for Ohio State is. I mean, I, I like Ohio State's chances better than Alabama, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I would, if you're betting and you don't want to bet on Georgia, I mean, I, plus seven hundred is not bad. I've got a team I'm going to tell you about that I think you should, but we'll we'll get to them. Yeah. Uh, the next team uh, on this uh, bet MGM on the college national football odds, Michigan plus nine hundred. So Ohio State was plus seven hundred, yeah. Michigan plus nine hundred. If you don't know about betting, uh, you put a hundred dollars down, you get this back. So uh, they are saying Michigan is. Uh, plus 900 here. I look at Michigan's roster. Andy, I'll start with you because you were just so hell-bent on talking about J.J. McCarthy. You wanted to bring him up. Um, he's he's He seems to be the real deal. Uh, and they, he is, out of all of these teams that we've talked about, is and including Georgia, guys, he is the only returning quarterback. And I've said it. I've said it on the show tonight. To beat Georgia, you have to have an elite quarterback. Is J.J. McCarthy elite? No. That's the question. I don't think he's elite. I think he's really good, though. I think he's really good, but I, I do not think he's elite. But I do like Blake Corum. Blake Corum's really good. Um, yeah. And Donovan Edwards, I hate that he's good because he didn't come here, but he's really good, too. So, um, But, I mean, I don't know. I, I can, My only issue with Michigan is, like, I think Georgia would have completely drubbed that team if we'd have played them last year. Like, because, you know, they do that whole offensive line thing, best offensive line in the country. That's a joke to me. I mean, like – you know, when we played them in the in the Orange Bowl, I saw that when they won the award, they posted that that picture of, like, the Remington offensive line. And I saw those guys, you know, you're talking 280, 290. I was like, this ball game's over. I, I was never concerned about that game. And, I mean, are there guys any bigger now on offensive line? Because if not, I'm not scared of them, but maybe they can beat Ohio State, you know, because, like I said, they do got McCarthy. And I don't think he's – I don't think he's elite, but I think he's really good. And he's the most experienced guy that's coming back in – than any other contenders. So, you know, the big, I was going to say, the big thing in sports uh, across any any sport is, ma- is just how teams match up against each other. Like, you know, how one team builds their program, how they play against another program. Uh, it's To me, it's weird how Michigan's been able to have this recent success against Ohio State. But when you look at Michigan and how they match up against Georgia, like you mentioned in the Orange Bowl, or how they would match up even against, say, Alabama, I just do not see – I'm not worried about Michigan. To me, in terms of a national title, I, I, I don't feel like they are built to uh, to compete against Georgia or to compete against Alabama uh, when it comes down to uh, the, the playoff. Uh, and I think the Orange Bowl two years ago showed it. I think TCU showed it. Uh, took it, it took a um, you know you look you look at how Georgia. I mean Georgia and TCU matched up, and you saw what TCU was able to do to Michigan, uh, especially in that first half to get such a big lead. Um, I just don't think the philosophy and, and the way Michigan is built can compete with Georgia. It's just a bad matchup for Michigan. I like that. Uh, I, I, see, I mean, yeah, and, th- and that to me makes no sense because you look at Ohio State and the way they're built, they give Georgia and how Georgia likes to play fits based on the defensive scheme, the, the, the man coverage on the outside, having to defend those receivers for whatever reason – Michigan's been able to contain Ohio State. It, it's just baffling how how just team by team matchups can can ultimately uh, kind of vary uh, when when you look at these uh, these elite programs. And, and but but Michigan, they they just do not, especially up front, they just do not match up well with Georgia. Uh, Foster Moss brings up a great point, which I looked at before we got started on the show, guys. I was looking at their wide receiver depth, 
and I see two seniors for Michigan, Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson. And when I looked at their stats, guys, oh, no, both yeah. guys like 400, 500 yard receivers. They're they're not a Marvin Harrison. They're not a Brock Bowers. They're, I mean, they're not even a Lad McConkey, really. Uh, so the thing that will help Michigan, that ground and pound that Andy brought up, is uh, probably the scariest part of Michigan uh, with with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Their defense, they they seem to have brought some guys back, also lost a lot of guys. They've got one, two, potentially three or four sophomores starting for them on the defensive side of the ball. And then their offensive line, they did bring back three guys. They also had two graduate transfers, one from Arizona State and a center from Stanford. So uh, they're they're definitely not as big as George. If you add them up, they look about 6'4", 300 pounds each. So uh, that's kind of the average there at Michigan. You guys touched on that. Doesn't look like – that would be too big of a problem for, for Georgia. So, uh, oh, we didn't even ask. I didn't ask you guys. Ohio State, Georgia, were, were we leaning? Oh, yeah, no, you didn't. Um, I would I, – I don't know if I – I would say Georgia. Just okay. – just, yeah. yeah, Georgia. Andy? But it's close. It's close again. I, it's tough. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's – I think that's the only team that, that I think would give Georgia any problems. I don't, I don't look at – I don't see anybody else that I'm like, okay – we would struggle because even like Southern Cal, you know, I, I know they may have the best player in the country, but Georgia would kill that team. I mean, that, you know, that, and yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think the only team that matches up well with Georgia is Ohio state. So that would be, I, I still think Georgia wins it. I think that Georgia's too deep, but I think, um, I think Ohio state's really good. I think they're the team that could be, I think they're the only team that would beat Georgia. I think. So, so I, I guess your, your answer for Michigan is, is Georgia there, Andy? Oh, Georgia's Georgia will kill Michigan. Yeah, I'm not worried about Michigan at all. So. Yeah, and you hit on it, Paul. Uh, the fact that it's the Blake Corum show at Michigan more than JJ yeah. McCarthy, and that's exactly that plays into Georgia's hands in terms yeah. of run defense. And how healthy is he going to be this year anyway? I mean, because didn't he he tore that knee bad? Didn't he? Or, yeah, he got hurt late. Yeah, it was, but it was late in the year. Um, yeah. I mean, he he was a Heisman. Uh, it might have been the Heisman front row man. Uh, he, he would, I mean, he would have been in, he would have been, yeah, he would have been sure. number two. He would have been, yeah, it was, he had a chance to win before the injury. Uh, and just speaking of one last thing on Michigan guys, McCarthy, uh, last year averaged 194 yards in the air. So, like you said, Jason, just yeah. plays into Georgia tremendously. You, if you want to, you know, run against Georgia, that's not the team you want to have to do that against uh, with those guys up front. And they can't play well from behind either against they good can't. teams. What uh, did he the, average in Russian? How many yards of a game did he rush? Uh, that's a great question. I already closed that tab out. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, we'll say, you know, he had a couple. He had, he had a few. Um, well, here a little, you know, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. I wish I didn't close it out because I could have told you. Oh, here we go. Okay. I'll pull it back up. No, I get okay. you. You're talking about McCarthy, yeah, right? McCarthy uh, averaged 20 yards a game. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's, he's not not doing it for him in that department. The next team up, guys, before we get to – there's two sleepers here, guys. There, there really is. Uh, LSU. Again, LSU. Now, they are plus 1,200. So we've gotten out of – guys, we've gotten out of the single digit, if you will, uh, odds to win the – uh, national title now we are in the plus you know over thousand so plus 1200 for lsu and i think if you are a betting guy lsu uh looks to me like a much better bet than alabama at plus 600 i think they might take the west guys and it all starts with Jaden daniels give me your guys uh rundown on 
this LSU team. Well, I was hoping you wouldn't say it because I wanted to say it first, but I okay. actually like LSU to win the West overall. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. do too. And, uh, you, you know, uh, things were a little dicey there in the first half. And then you had the, uh, 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 the, the field goal block return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And the game changed a little bit, and George was able to get out to a lead, but but it never really felt comfortable. You know, yeah. it was in that two to three score range, and and, and uh, you, you know, um, Brian Kelly's not. You know, we like to make fun of him. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's an easy target to make fun of. Of course, he's a good coach. He really yeah. is. I mean, he he did a lot at Notre Dame, and and people wondered why he left Notre Dame to go to LSC. Well, Notre Dame at this stage, Notre Dame is not the Notre Dame of old from the 80s, 70s, 60s, whatever, 50s, New Rockney era. Uh, you can only recruit a certain number of talented players at that elite level. And I think he, honestly, for today's day and age, over-exceeded uh, the expectations, just getting Notre Dame to a national title appearance when he did. Um, so going to LSU made a lot of sense. The recruiting pool is much deeper. He can do a lot more with a lot more talented players with his offense. Uh, I think LSU could have a really big season. And um, I do think George is more talented at the end of the day. We can talk about that in, in a second. But, um, you know, Jaden Daniels, if he can make that next step, this is going to be a very, very dangerous team. I'll tell you what, before you talk, Andy, Malik Neighbors, brother. Kid's pretty good. Thousand yard receiver for LSU. Yeah. Go ahead, though. Yeah, I, and I was gonna say I like Noah Kane. Like I think he's really good. Yeah. And um, but like I mean, is Jaden Daniels the best quarterback in the SEC this year? I mean, I think he Ooh. is. Ooh. I mean, who's better? I mean, you know, I guess I know Blaine's boy up in Kentucky, and he's really good, Devin Leary. But you know, it's like he hasn't played in the SEC yet. I mean, I, I think Jaden Daniels is going to be one or two, and he's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I think he's going to be really good. And even, you know, like Garrett Nussmeyer, you saw he was kind of lighting us up a lot, but that was yeah. more of a Georgia just sitting back and letting them do it. I mean, they were having to throw the whole time. That was just the, that was just the curse of the backup quarterback in yeah. Georgia. That's all that was. <laughs> never never fails. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I think I think Jaden Daniels is good. And, I mean, you know, like they're – they always got guys. I mean, it's, it's LSU. Like, I mean, you know, so they're – I was looking at their defense. It looks like they got – Four transfer start or four transfer starters on defense this year, so that's that helps. And they got looks like they got a lot of transfer backups as well. So I mean, they're bringing in a lot of guys, and um, um, I don't know. I mean, they're I think they're going to be good. I think they win the, the West. I mean, that's what I mean. I thought they was they were going to be Alabama last year, and they did. And I think they will this year too, because like I just think I think Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC, maybe outside of Devin Leary. So, so to give you guys an update, because you know. Uh, I, I guess uh, OU Herschel Walker got got a kick out of the curse of the backup QB. It is true though, man. I'm telling you, if if uh, I don't know if any if if Auburn puts in the backup quarterback against George this year, it's going to be problems, man. It just is what it is. Uh, Jaden sure. Daniels, for those of those that didn't follow along uh, with his career path, started out at Arizona State, was there for three years, started as a true freshman under Herm Edwards, and then he transferred yeah. to LSU last year. Uh, 69% completion percentage, 3,000 yards through the air, 17 touchdowns, only three interceptions. That looks pretty good. His uh, rushing stats last year, 186 attempts, 885 yards, 11 touchdowns. That's averaging 13 yards a carry. Uh, so that that scares me. That would well, scare me. Do they have the best offensive player? Well, outside of Brock Bowers, do they have the best offensive player 
with Jaden Daniels and the best defensive player with Harold, Harold Perkins. I mean, Ooh. he's probably the best defensive player. In the oh, yeah. Perkins is a game changer. Perkins yeah. is uh, – he's probably the best defensive player in the SEC. Uh, with Maybe Dallas Turner being there close uh, for Alabama. But, yeah. And then they have Malik Neighbors, guys, who I, I brought it up when you before you talked, Andy. Had 1,000 yards last year at wide receiver. Georgia hasn't seen a 1,000-yard wide, wide receiver since uh, – Oh my God, the name just escaped me. Terrence Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, not bad. LSU at plus 1,200, guys, is a is a steal, I think. they We all three agree that they win the West. If Georgia plays this team in the SEC championship game, how's it go? I still like Georgia. I think, I think the reason is you look at what LSU has had to do in terms of bringing in transfers through the portal. Georgia's deeper. At the end of the day, when you get that late into the season, you're going to be playing backups a lot more. You're going to have injuries. Georgia can withstand that more than than probably any other team in America right now. So I still like Georgia. Um, the matchup isn't as bad right now like Ohio State is for Georgia, but I think LSU is going to be a problem. I think LSU in the next two to three years are going to be a problem. Ten, ten out of their uh... – I guess 22, they're too deep on defense or all transfers. So 10 yeah. out, basically 50% of their uh, too deep on defense is transfers. How does that play out? Oh, here's a name we haven't heard in a while, guys. Major Burns uh, yeah. over there yeah. starting at safety for LSU. Um, just kind of looking through their list. Mason Smith, that defensive tackle they have, he's a beast. Uh, he's 6'6", uh, 310. George was after him heavily. He stayed in state, though. Yeah. So he, that, he that kind of wraps up the teams that huh? – didn't he miss the majority of last year with a knee or something? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's he's going to be a uh, he's he's a problem though. He's he's a big guy. So him and Harold Perkins on the defensive side of the ball, you don't need a ton of stops if you're LSU because you've got a pretty high potent offense. Uh, but yeah, he only played in one game last year for them as a true freshman though. He started in four. This is Mason Smith. Started in four games, had four sacks from the defensive tackle Gosh. position. He's he's uh, he's pretty good, guys. So LSU to me. We talked about, and I've I've gotten your opinion on can Georgia beat everybody. I haven't put my neck out there on the line though. I think they can beat everybody. LSU is the toughest uh, game for runs the table this year, and they show up in Atlanta for the SEC championship game, which LSU travels. Man, they do even against even last year when they, you know, didn't really have a chance at anything. They they had some fans in the stands. Uh, LSU travels. They have a really good quarterback. That's Georgia's kryptonite. He's probably the best quarterback that Georgia would face this year. I don't think Caleb Williams uh, is a guy that Georgia would actually face. I don't think they get that far. Uh, but you know, it's uh, LSU is the team for me, guys. That they're tough. They are tough. Now there's two sleepers, guys. Before we get out of here, I want to kind of touch on one of them. I already did. USC is the next underneath LSU at plus fourteen hundred. And then the craziness that's happened uh, down at Florida State, going from yeah. just a house fire to a mansion uh, kind of overnight, they're plus 1,800. So Florida State, to me, in that ACC conference, which is just needs to be dismantled. Um, and dismantled. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just needs to go away, man. It's not. Wow. It's not. Uh I think they run away with that and could potentially see themselves in a playoff scenario and Georgia might have to play them, you know, in the first round. That's why I'm bringing up Florida state because 
like Andy said, Ohio State, Michigan, they could knock each other out. Only one gets in. Alabama, LSU is probably knocking one of each other out. So you've got two teams there plus Georgia, and then you've either got USC or Florida State probably taking that last spot. So USC and Florida State, what, what do we got to talk about those guys? Well, USC, um, the Pac-12, they – they cannibalize each other, uh, and and it's it's it is so absurd because um, they don't have a very they're not a very deep conference, but somehow some way you can count on uh, you know much like uh, tax day always being roughly the same day per year, you can count on that. You can count on you know what's what's the famous saying death taxes and you know yeah, whatever and death taxes yeah. yeah death taxes and USC losing twice. I, I mean that's just. <laughs> what you can count on. And so Caleb Williams, best quarterback, number one draft pick, all that you can count on them losing twice. So I, I don't, like you said, I don't think USC gets there. Florida state's an interesting one. Um, you know, does Clemson have a chance to bounce back or, or is the Dabo machine dying and, and real time that, that we've seen. Um, I'm with you on the ACC though, because Florida state or Clemson for that matter, if they're, if they're there late, I mean, anything can happen. Uh, Florida State's got a lot of talent. Clemson's w- well coached usually late in the year. If, if they're in these situations, um, you know, and, and and they don't necessarily have to go through the gauntlet that SEC teams have to go through. So uh, I feel like you can count on an ACC team uh, probably uh, having a great shot of being in the playoff. One thing I do want to say, though, if Georgia and LSU or Alabama, for that matter, are undefeated playing each other in the SEC championship, and you look at Georgia's schedule, and like it will be a disappointment if they're not undefeated in the SEC championship. If there are two undefeated teams playing in the SEC championship, I think both those teams go to the playoff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. again, and at that point, does an ACC team. Then you've got Big Ten, uh, Big 12, I don't know, if Texas is back or, or whoever. I don't know. You know? <laughs> no. So, uh, so uh, yeah. I, I think probably right, that, that last that last spot's probably an ACC or Big Twelve team, and and so, I mean, Florida State at plus you said plus eighteen hundred, eighteen hundred, yeah. That is, I mean, if you have some spare change, that's not a bad uh, bet. Long like with the long odds, I, I mean, just, just because get there, yeah. Them and Clemson both. I mean, just because they have a a pretty good shot just to be there, and then you never know what can happen. Well, LSU is going to uh, Florida State um, the first week of the season, so they're playing Ooh. that. Sunday. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's Ooh, right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a hell of a game. Yes, it is. So that's the thing. It's and I mean that's actually in Orlando, so um, it's not going to be at, you know in Tallahassee. So right. whoever wins that game, I mean you're you're talking about a leg up because what if say if LSU blows them out, then even if if Florida State goes undefeated throughout the ACC, the ACC may be completely out then. Um, that might be that might be the best out of conference game this whole season. I I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but is there a better out of conference game that you can think on top of your head? I can't. That that's no, a hell of a no. game. Yeah, and I remember last year's game too with the yeah. uh, field goal or, or was it the extra point that got blocked at the end? Um, yeah. So uh, you, you know LSU is going to want that in, in a major way. We um, want some revenge, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'd totally forgotten. We're talking about LSU and, and, and Florida State. I had completely forgot that, that uh, you know they have the, the the second leg of the home and home right now. That's a that's a big deal. Oh, you heard Walker helped out. Uh, said Bama, Texas. Yeah. When, when is oh, that? Yeah. Uh, OU. I think it's got to be like week one. I would assume. To touch on real quick before I throw yeah. it to you, Andy. I'm looking at USC's roster. 
Good Lord, the transfers, brother. Yeah. This team is full of transfers. You look at last year, they have transfers that are still there. Then I'm just counting it now. One, two, three, four, five, six guys on defense, including one Bear Alexander uh, transferring over there to uh, USC on defense. And then they have four guys with their left tackle and left guard, both looking at transferring in uh, after good night. I'm looking at this team. There's only three guys that are projected to start on the USC offense that have actually been at USC longer than Lincoln Riley. The rest mm. of these guys have all transferred in. Uh, so that's tough. Yeah, they've got they have Caleb Williams, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't see it here with USC. And like Jason said, death taxes, two losses to USC. Uh, it sounds about right. What you got, Andy? Well, you saw Utah just dominated them last year. And, Utah's a good and- team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Utah is kind of built like an SEC, you know, like, and I mean, but Florida beat Utah last year. So that's the thing. I'm like, okay. It's like SEC like, light. That's kind of how Utah's built. It just, just talent wise, they don't have the talent to, to the rigorous schedule, but they are, they want to play the way that, that SEC They, they are very uh, we over me as opposed to yeah. me over we at USC. And, and that's why they, they dominated them. And, and, but, you know, that's the thing with Utah and Florida. They also play again this year. So that could be a, that's going to be, that's, that's a good game too. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. Utah dominated them. And then they had lost to Florida, so it's like if they can't get the, uh, Alex Grinch, whatever his name, the, their, their DC. I mean, I don't know how good he is. He wasn't good in the Oklahoma with with um, Lincoln Riley, and they're not good now. So I, I just I don't trust them. They got the best player, but they're I, I just think and I I think they'll lose to Oregon. Which what about Oregon? How do you where do you rank them? Do they have a shot at winning going to the playoffs? That's not that's a good. That's a good poll, man. Uh, Oregon's man. a little further down the list. So you've got yeah. Texas at plus 2,200, Penn State plus 2,500, Notre Dame plus 3,000. Then you've got Tennessee and Oregon both there at plus 3,500. i tell you what. Yeah. I wonder. I want to know what Oregon, if there are odds for Oregon to make the playoff, because I would yeah, love to place a bet on that. I think Oregon, I, they have a great shot. I'm glad you brought them up. I think Oregon in the playoff, winning the Pac-12, breaking the Pac-12. If there's going to be a team, we know USC is going to lose twice. Is this the year Oregon Oregon finally breaks the breaks through? Um, you know what it would be what the first time since um, can't remember the guy's name. He replaced Chip Kelly, and then kind of faded out. Oh, but, uh, um, I can't either. The guy from Boise State. Uh, yeah, but um, name. They have to. I'm just looking real quick, guys, for Oregon. I don't think that they're a contender here, but Jason does, so we'll look at it. They have to go to. Utah. I like Dan Lanning, man. I like Dan Lanning. I like yeah. Dan Lanning too. Yeah. yeah, they have to go to Utah. Elfrich, yeah. Yeah, Helfrich, yeah. Thank you, Jeremy Neighbors. Uh, they have to go to Utah, and they have to go to Oregon State, which is always a tough game, even if Oregon State's terrible. And they have to go to Washington, and That's they have to go to Stanford, uh, and they have to go to Texas Tech. So We're acting like these are great teams. Are you look, kidding man, me? I'm, well, the Pac-12, <laughs> the Pac-12 isn't that great. So No, it's not. I'm just looking. I mean, you know. you've, got one con- you've got one conference, really one and a half conferences with the SEC and Big Ten. And then Washington everyone else could be good. Washington, they yeah. got um, I don't they might be tricky. That could be a tricky game. Washington could because what's um they got the transfer from Indiana, right? Um, um Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't see I don't yeah. see uh Oregon. But to wrap it up, guys, real quick, USC we talked about, and then the last team, uh Florida State, they also have five transfers on offense, two on defense, but they've got that Jared Verse kid who's pretty good on defense. And then they also uh, have Travis Jordan, who I think is a pretty good quarterback too. So, And they have Trey Benson, yeah. who's probably the best running back in the ACC uh, as yeah. well. This is a tough team, guys, I think. 
We'll know after that LSU game. That LSU game. Yeah, I think that's that'll be the decider. But for now, I mean, I I think Georgia's got them. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But uh, guys, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, You know, it's kind of the dog days of summer. We were looking at what we should do here, and uh, Andy brought up a good point about you know running through some title contenders, and we haven't done it yet on this show. We've run through Georgia's schedule, and that's fairly easy, right? We we look at that schedule. There's some uh, road bumps, if you will, maybe with Tennessee and Auburn, but for the most part, I think that uh, we can all. So you have to move forward. You have to look at the rest of the guys uh, that aren't on Georgia's schedule. You've got Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan. Those are going to be your main contenders against Georgia this year with maybe USC and Florida State uh, being outliers. And I hope that you've gotten some knowledge out of this as the uh, dog fan on these other teams. And if you didn't listen to the entirety of the show, it'll be uploaded in podcast form. So you guys can listen to it on your way to work on Monday. And uh, Jason, got any last words? Uh, nothing, man. Uh, I just think, uh, <laughs> just, I think, I think we're like anybody at this point, uh, the Braves, uh, I'll tell you what they lost, they lost today, but this, this group been really Especially, fun. The yeah. home runs that they're hitting. I hope that they can keep it up after the all-star break. We've seen, Last year, the Yankees weren't able to do it. Let's hope that the Braves avoid that and they can uh, keep this thing going because they've been really fun to watch. Andy, uh, yeah. you, you stay on the whole show with us, man. So uh, we appreciate that. You, you were uh, having me. Yeah, very good uh, co-host there. Welcome on the show, you know, as always, anytime. So, guys, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Before you leave out, hit that like button on the video. It helps bring other dog fans uh, to watch with you guys. And uh, we will talk to you next Sunday. Hope you guys have a great and successful week. And this is uh, Paul Meharry for Jason Butt and Andy Stowe. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks again.